Podcast is about taking media action. Find the problem, fix the problem. This is your opportunity. It's either a hell yes or a fuck no. It's that simple. <laughs> now is the time to take action. Now is the time to do more and be more. Welcome to Tangle One Podcast. I'm Tony Smith, retired cop and attack team leader. I'm the owner and the founder of the Garage Gym and Tangle One Solutions. My co-host, as always, is my friend, fireman, amateur stuntman, Casey Wright. Our mission is to challenge you week in, week out to live that tactical life, uh, take immediate action plan against your problems and your weaknesses. Simply put, we want you to do more and be more. So we thought we'd come on today and shoot uh, something a little bit different. Just Casey and I are going to talk about uh, this awesome weekend we just had, man. So Absolutely. On the idea of tactical awareness, this weekend we were blindfolded bombs are going off got tased we're shooting guns we're running through the woods pretty wild weekend and a fun experience i think for everyone who was involved so just my overview of it all whole weekend started uh let's just make sure everybody knows what we're talking about so like the the blast camp that we just ran in kingsville right so tony's leadership. blast camp uh basic leadership and survival tactics camp where we have 15 guys all signed up for it and uh yeah, going through the whole weekend, we just worked together to achieve some stuff and do some cool shit. So Friday, we started off, Friday afternoon, uh, we showed up at the Kingsville gym and garage door open to uh, one of your former members of the SWAT team who ran us through uh, some pretty grueling workouts just to start the, start the weekend off, get everyone's mind uh, fighting itself, basically what it looked like at the start uh, from there blindfolded a couple guys, threw them in the trucks, and we were off to an uh, uh, unknown location in the woods. From there, once we started uh, set up camp, then what was the first thing? We had the scavenger hunt, basically. So yeah, you split I mean, us off into teams. We wanted to just get you guys there right away, get you uncomfortable, get you kind of uh, you know breathing heavy, and then right away working together. So that, you know, the first... Once we got right into that, we don't want to blow everything that we do at this camp. But once we got you guys moving and it was like right away, you guys start to see a bond form. And that was like the biggest thing is to right away to try to establish some trust between between not us and you, but you guys and you guys. Definitely. And that's a big thing. There's a lot of guys who didn't know each other, I guess, at the start of the weekend. So it was, you're starting to look around and see who's doing what. And once we were at camp, now we're split off into two teams to begin with. So now these are your group of guys this is your team that you're going to depend on for the weekend and uh our first little bit was uh won't give everything away but we were basically given our weighted vests and a map and we had to go uh, find some items in the woods i think we had what two or three hour window to get as much as possible so in that working together as a team to get through it and um you and bart just drove around and laughed at everyone who was uh <laughs> panting throughout the woods you're also given one more thing so you're given an opportunity we gave you the opportunity we gave you the rules and basically the only rules that camp where you'll either there's four ways to leave i guess one is injured which almost happened <laughs> two would be to to quit so you can hand in we give you a patch you're able to hand that thing back to us at any point we're going to drive you back to 
civilization uh, or the other way was to that we would actually take that patch for you because we have like a rule in this gym and in in my camps and everywhere in general any team i run is no assholes allowed so if you were going to be a dick and you were going to break some of our our rules are whether they be our morals or like kind of the code or just not putting any effort in we would just strip you of that privilege to be there and then the other way the best way which is the way that all 13 guys finished even the guy who almost broke his foot was uh to complete the course successfully which everybody did right yeah awesome definitely so now we're in the woods we're running around for two hours looking for items running through little streams finding stuff here and there you guys placed and then at the end of it all showed up back at camp and uh there was some winners and losers but we won't get too too much into that at first um so following that you had one of your instructors come down um this guy was a in the canadian military swat team he started off a le- uh, our first lesson of the day, I think it was in um, tactical combat casualty care. So he starts going on our uh, makeshift whiteboard and going through kind of what happens with field experience and when something goes wrong and how to take care of it, which I think is a huge lesson for day one because if something were to happen and someone goes down, you got to act immediately and, and right away. So first of all, where did you meet Chris and how did he get involved in this camp? Right, so Chris and I, Chris Lusso, he was uh, he was with ETF in Toronto, which is just the same as ESU. It's just a different way they call it emergency tax task force up there. Chris was uh, he was kind of like a mentor to me. We started doing a lot of work with Toronto SWAT and Windsor SWAT combined because of all the guns and drugs that run between our two cities. So Chris and I had the opportunity to work some massive, massive projects. I think the biggest projects I ever worked were alongside with Chris as I ran this end of it and he ran the uh, the GTA's end of it. I even went up there and helped them to execute a warrant. So I just knew Chris was the right guy. He's a guy that him and I have obviously stayed in touch. Um, I put together when we were still doing that job, when I was still doing that job, a team leader symposium. Because I uh, one of the things I realized is that we never really got trained to lead. We got all these different courses for all these different things in SWAT, but leadership was not one of them. So Chris kind of like took the right hand to me on that one and used his experience and kind of guided me as I went around the province trying to better the leadership qualities of everybody. So I just knew he was the right guy. And, you know, Chris and I spoke about it and, you know, combat care. I think people kind of listen to that like, what the hell do I need that for? You know, we don't live in Detroit or and it's, you know, it's not just for bullet wounds. I mean, combat care, I think. And we tried to give you guys skill sets to make you like the idea was to make you into a weapon in a way. Mm-hmm. But a weapon that can allow you at home to do what you need to do and and being able to place a tourniquet on somebody or deal with a traumatic injury is something that you should be able to do i mean you obviously you with fire but with other guys just i mean we pointed out you know one guy's a contractor so what mm-hmm. something happens on your job site one guy's a uh, you know at, at a cottage you should know these skills that might keep you or your family members alive and i hope we got some of that stuff across to you guys definitely and just the lesson to like act like as soon as you see something happen, like don't be the person waiting for the next guy to step in. Like I think a lot of the lessons Chris taught you is one with that education is now you can actually be the guy to step in and, and help out. Um, so we're gonna come back to a few more lessons from him in a bit, but I just wanna continue with what this weekend went through. So finally at the end of the night, uh, we are given the uh, okay to go to bed, I believe, for a little bit. I knew this wasn't gonna last long, but some other people might've been uh, thought otherwise. So middle of the night, I don't know what time it might've been, 2 a.m. Things- Rude awakenings. Rude awakenings started happening and uh, everyone's rushing up out of the tents. So I thought (laughs) we got two teams, team A 
gets on one side, Team Bravo, which was I was a part of, line up on the other, and there's a scenario in the middle of the night, and Team A all of a sudden is together, they're hearing the next thing, and they're off into the woods. And I'm looking around, looking for the, the remainder of my crew, wondering what's going on. Pretty, pretty rude awakenings. How is somebody still sleeping right now? And uh, the next step was because guys weren't there. We're doing burpees, we're pushing tires, and all of a sudden, one guy comes up, John shows up, and we're all shocked as to how did you sleep through this and what is going on? And do you remember what, exactly what he was, was doing? Yeah, he was getting, he was getting dressed. <laughs> so, I mean, one thing that that taught me right away, though, was like, if you're going to talk leadership, clearly I didn't make that, I didn't, I didn't make it known enough that the expectations of what a wake up call out would be like. And so that was one thing that we made right away notes of Chris and I and, and Bart was to make sure that that got rectified immediately, uh, be it through communication with you guys or through communication from one of you guys from us. So that was one of the things right away. I mean, it's, that's a new life for some people. They've never been like on a, yeah, when, was, when a lot of people get called into work, it's like, okay, I'm gonna make my sandwich. I'm gonna have a coffee, go to work. When you're a SWAT guy or a first responder, when you get called into work, it's like, you need to be ready to go. No, it's true. It's a lesson that you don't think that needs to be said, I guess, sometimes. And it was almost overlooked. And we got together as a group after. And and it was just kind of ingrained for me, like being on call with fire is your pager goes off. You have to be out of the house in seconds. You have to be out as quick as you can. And you take it for granted, right? So you, my tactics are, I know exactly if I'm going to bed at night, I know exactly where my shorts are at the end of the bed. I know where my pair of socks are. My keys are always in the same place. So when it goes off at 2 or 3 a.m., you're not thinking. You're just, by the time you know what you're doing, you're halfway to the hall. But let's apply that to like life in general. So one of the things I try to teach with the guys that I coach, you know, outside of this group and, and within this group is that you, the, the key to success tomorrow is what you do today. So planning before you go to bed. So if you're a first responder and you need to pack a kit bag, a ready go grab bag, then do it. But if you're also, if you're a guy who gets up like me, the new me, I get up and I work on my computer. I set up things so I'm ready to work the second my alarm goes off and I can be more efficient, take away my, my excuses and to end the delay of getting things accomplished. So really like this, although we geared it a lot like a SWAT hell week or like the things I've gone through and organized before, we really wanted to make sure that you could apply all these lessons to an everyday general pop type of job. And I hope that's yeah. what, I hope that's what got. It's a simple, yeah, it's as simple as packing your lunch the night before, right? If you know your time frame in the morning and how many times does it happen, you pack your lunch the night before or you don't that day. And then what do you do? You go to Subway, you grab some shitty food just because you didn't take the time to do it the night yeah, before. It's, so it's, it's a, a cycle, right? It just yeah. starts a bad cycle. It's just getting in those routines or getting in those mindsets to basically these little lessons that you can pick and choose from throughout the whole weekend. And there's so much you can apply it to. Um, so moving forward through this this evening, we got a, maybe a couple hours of sleep. Um, the next day, a few more of your friends show up. We had some, uh, some of your former SWAT guys show up and now we're doing a bunch of fun things. We're running through obstacle courses. I think at one point we were uh, blindfolded once again, throwing around, we were uh, bumping around in the backseat of cars trying to disorientate ourselves and then uh, we're thrown into say a field and now you have to work together. And again, you can't see anything and now you have to work together as a team to accomplish a goal, something like finding 
something. Uh, yeah, a communication right? team building drill. Yeah, so this is something that you used um, with the SWAT team when you were there, obviously, and then kind of describe exactly what it is, if you can reveal. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't want to take away any tricks because obviously, though, next time we're going to do some things differently. So, I mean, first of all, part of the reason why we wake you up at night and then why we woke you up again so early, and let's not fail to mention, I think it got to freezing, even though it was like very warm and sunny that day. It got to freezing overnight. So it's comfortable. You guys were made to be uncomfortable on purpose. I feel like when you're tired, that's when your worst characteristics come out. It's also when you're best. And it's kind of a lesson that you just, no matter what happens in your day, you still have to meet your responsibility or in your night, you still have to meet your responsibilities during the day. So yeah, the team building drill, we just find that's very, very effective. Put you under some stress, link you guys up, whoever, that was your decision, how you wanted to link up. But to make too many people, like when you go to communicate, it's not precise, it's not exact, and it's very ramblish. And this drill really forces one, whoever's responsibility to be the team leader to communicate but also like a, a point that we kept hitting home with uh with the two teams was that uh you got to be a good follower i think and everybody like there's there's great characteristics being a leader but all leaders were pretty good followers and if your group isn't following and if you're not being a follower when it's not your position to lead you kind of like almost throw a wrench into the whole project and that came it was coming evident at some points in that thing but then watching guys gear it down and guys talk calmly and as soon as like the adrenaline came down and the comms became clear and the communications became calm and clear, the, uh, the work went better. I mean, the work increased, right? So right. you guys became more efficient and you found what you needed to do. Yeah, it's a huge thing. I'm in a, listening to a book right now and the big takeaway right now is just like, it's paralysis by over-analysis. Uh, which book? Right, Left to Bang. That's the one Chris Lusso right. actually uh, recommended while we were doing um, this course. And it's all it talks all about um, left a bang being bang being the event so it doesn't necessarily have to be an explosion or something like that and it's instead of reacting after something has happened it's being kind of aware of your scenarios and seeing how to gear towards military and police and security how to basically profile not on people but on situations well that just leads right? kind of into chris's next thing right which is the ooda loop yeah right so observe orient decide and act and that's how a swat guy and that's how i want you guys at the garage gym as a employees here or team members here to act too mm. so yeah absolutely man observe orient decide act instead of just react to everything exactly and then back to where you're talking about so many people coming up with ideas it doesn't mean they're wrong but it was one of the big thing was look for the the best action not the perfect action because the perfect action is going to take you you're going to run through in your head then you're going to see kinks in it then you're going to reassess do something else and by the time you come to that perfect scenario the events already happened or, you know, especially in a police scenario, shit's already gone wrong. Well, Aji and Polly, the two, uh, the two SWAT operators and spinner, but Aji hit on it the most with you guys was, yeah, at a certain point, a leader needs to say, okay, guys, I've got all your information. I've considered it all. And I took some of it, none of it, or all of it. You guys hear me say that all the time. And this is what we're going to do because the spear needs to move in one direction, right? All, all heads need to be pointing in one direction mm -hmm. for this to work. And on a SWAT call, and you, I'm sure Fire has something like this, although I don't, don't know much about it. On a SWAT call, we have things we call immediate action plan and deliberate action plan. Mm -hmm. Deliberate action plan is my absolute perfect situation. And that's when I get all 18 guys there, I have all the equipment I need, all the resources. This is the perfect way to, to resolve this situation. Immediate action plan is, and both plans are 
ever changing, but the immediate action plan is like, okay, right now there's three of us. What do we do if, how to resolve the situation mm -hmm. if we need to and move, right? And that's, and it just keeps, got to keep observe or going through that uh, OODA loop constantly, constantly, constantly revolving. And, you know, indecision is the worst decision. Definitely. Make a decision, move forward and move forward together. And then continue off that. Like what you said, it definitely relates, especially in on-call fire or um, volunteer fire is when you show up to a call, you don't know who's responding essentially, right? You don't know the exact number. So you might have three people on that first truck. So now you get to a scenario and like you're saying, the captain and leader has to make a decision. What do the three of us have to do right now to take immediate action? What can we start doing with this group? And then as more guys roll in, now it's, okay, let's reassess. Now we have five guys, what can we do? What's the next step with six of us, 10 of us? And as it grows, continuing to make these as opposed to sitting at that front door and letting this building burn down until we get that perfect 10 man team that we can perfectly run an operation off of. And this happens every day in business. One of the guys on the course was sharing a problem where um, he was doing making supplements and the bags showed up they ordered it. it was their mistake but the bags showed up in their one pound bags and they intended for the to be two pound uh <laughs> like two pounds was supposed to go in a one pound bag basically and it didn't work so i mean right away you got to observe the problem orient what they did was like they decided to have like okay one pound sample bags decide we're going to go forward with this we're going to cancel the rest of the bags continue with our two pound plan and act right and the, like those guys it's just it applies if you just look at things in a real simple way make the best i mean even training it's all about uh optimal training for suboptimal conditions. And if you're always training your brain and your mind for that, you're gonna be more ready when it comes around to making decisions and then making, you know, seemingly less complex decisions like a bag problem, very easy to handle. Exactly, breaking it, it down up. to that, something such as simple as like, we got one pound bags instead of two pound bags. Yeah, let's market. We let's market one pound yeah. bags, right? Instead of looking at it as, oh, we're fucked because the wrong order came in. It's as simple as, okay, let's, look what we have, let's maybe change our action, figure out what's going on and let's just move forward with it. And then as the two pound bags show up in a week from now, you've already sold some product, you're already on the proper line and you're moving forward. And that's with what it. I love to hear, man, because that in itself is leadership. Like leadership is not, good leaders aren't formed under normal circumstances, it's under stress. And whatever that stress in your business, your life is, your family, that's when your turn, that's when your time to shine, make a decision, move forward, make the best of a situation. The action might've already happened. Your reaction to it is within your control. And if you actually take a second to observe, right? Mm -hmm. Orient, decide, act. That's how we, we talk about everything constantly in the tactics. And I was loved that uh, Chris was able to get that lesson across to you guys. Definitely. And I think that's a big point too, is like, how often do people do a boot camp style thing or have an opportunity to or, or reason to almost, right? I think that's what this weekend showed a lot because I was able to do a, a boot camp for Fire Academy and I loved it because it was like this. You know, in the first five days, I think I slept eight hours combined and you're running through drills, you're getting called out in the middle of the night. But what I liked about it is it does break people down and that's, you see true selves come out, right? The hot shot who shows up day one, who's all this by day three when he's underslept he doesn't have the energy to present this front to you is now slipping his way to the back of the pack or things and then people who are true leaders and have these good like positive mindsets start to push their way and you could actually see who people are and these camps break people down into that and this camp specifically is like 
that's a scenario where it's all people wanting to do one fire yeah, or one, one job, job right? One where task. this is you have business owners, you have um, people in real estate, you have people all over the spectrum sort of, but it's the exact same lessons and you see the exact same kind of people coming out yeah. And you know, what's beautiful about this thing is that really, I didn't see anybody, nobody really came in with that. We didn't, I, at all the SWAT camps I've ran, there's always a couple who came in with that kind of arrogant swagger to them and quickly got exposed. In this one, we, nobody really came in with that. And maybe it was just a different mindset of coming to, to learn or not being a job or maybe because they paid for it. I'm not sure. But it, all we saw was people improve. Well, we mm. saw some mistakes. We saw some leadership mistakes. We saw communication mistakes. But that's what we wanted because that's what you learn from. But everybody got better over the course of the week. And what's really cool about that is everybody got better despite being tired. Yes. And physically beat down yes. and mostly beat down and cold. Just mentally better. You see, the, the cool thing was is there's people coming in with who have some things going on in their job or in their thing. And just like the people are standing up taller at the end of the weekend. I think that was a big thing I noticed the yeah, most is you see a couple people who are just slouching and they're, they have legitimate reasons to be, but as the weekend went on, as these cool experiences happened, as like smiles came out, they saw the camaraderie with people, they start to stand up a little taller. And then even though these might be huge real world scenarios in their everyday life, in this camp and in these days, it's, it's it's minor or it's something that they can just push through and, and see yeah. a different light towards. And we were like the purpose of this camp, this was a man's camp. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that women can't develop these same characteristics. It's just putting women into the mix of that group probably would have messed with some of the communication that went on. And we're Danny and I are already talking about doing one of these for the women. If you are listening and you're interested in this, I think it's something that I think these lessons are to be learned by everybody. I just feel like from a sharing perspective and some of the things that we talked about, the self-awareness is just better served with uh, keeping it men together in one group. So the purpose of this camp is to develop warrior, like I talk with the values, the tattoos on my neck, that's what it means. Warrior and protector. I think that's a thing that a father, a leader, a man, no matter what your beliefs are, are two things that you naturally need to develop. And I think self-awareness is one that we're really missing as men. And strength has really gone by the wayside for men. Those are the four values. And, and I, you know, why do we need them all? I, I think if you're a dad or you're a team leader, you know, the way that you walk in, the first, the first like visual somebody gets of you, and that's why I used to say on SWAT calls even, is like the first use of force was how we looked, how we confidence, how we carried ourselves, how our chest stood or, you know, stood proud. And that's one thing that I want to really see come out in people. And in some guys in particular who came in with their shoulders, you know, slouched over, seeing them stand taller and seeing them speak taller and speak more confidently. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the first impression you're going to make, whether you're going, you know, you're a young man like Seamus going to work for a job on a job, or you're a guy who's in his mid forties, who's kind of like trying to find themselves again, because a lot of the purpose behind this, a lot of these guys too, was to like, was a Ben Franklin quote, quote, Men turn 25 and they're, they're and they are buried, but they don't die till they're 75 or something. It's something mm. like that. And it's kind of sad and it's kind of true. You kind of lose your identity sometimes when you become a parent. And we really wanted to bring that out in the, in the men this week. And in three days, I think we did as much as we could yeah, for you that. Yeah, you see it. You see guys kind of, you see them fucking be guys at the end of it and like other things too. Like, so now we're- shit up helps too, right? One shit up. Day two. <laughs> carrying stuff and Day uh, two, a friend stuff. shows up with a- couple couple rifles and i don't care who you are again k 
Canadians, we don't have as much exposure to, to weapons, maybe in the States, a little different. So this might be funny to that. Um, but we got to shoot some rifles. We got to blow up some pumpkins. We got to do some cool things that just like, just make you feel good. It was new experiences for me, definitely. And again, you, it's, it's like riding a jet ski. I mean, it's hard a to have a frown on your face when you're, <laughs> when you're doing those things. So even that, the fun part of the weekend as well is like you're beating people down and, and you're running through some, some things, but being able to do these fun experiences and excitement, like it just makes people I mean, feel at one good point in that camp, that afternoon when we were shooting with uh, Mark, Mark Wollacombe from the gym, who's a, a tremendously experienced, uh, just, he is the, he's a genius when it comes to firearms, but he's Sir also Mark. got just, yeah, Sir Mark, he's actually been knighted. Uh, he just has an incredible resume, as does his wife um, in, in the military. And having him come and then I'm looking over and Bart Stella, my right-hand man on this camp since day one, is over there. He's a wilderness expert and he's teaching you guys. So I'm looking like one group shooting guns, one group's learning how to make fires from nothing. And everybody is beaten down. It's hot. It's sunny. You're wearing uh, some old heavy vests that we've uh, purchased through Rogue. And you guys are like still smiling and loving life. There was one point where my buddy Mikey, who's on this camp, he's like 40 something years old like me. He's trying to shoot, but he's too <laughs> tired to hold up the gun. So we had to switch him to prone. But man, I just like, there was so much testosterone in the air. And I say that in the most positive way because it wasn't really guys puffing their chest. It was guys like very much encouraging each other and mm. working together. And I, I know from my standpoint, I think this is the first time in a couple of years that I've actually missed being a cop, like being back on that range and teaching you guys some things you've never learned, like getting you guys into positions. I just felt like this fire in my soul. And it was just, I mean, it, it was awesome for me. And I know watching you guys smile, I could tell it was yeah, awesome. It was me. such a blast. Like it was things like we, no blast, big pun there. Um, I go on fishing trips every year and this year due to everything missed it. And that's the like, that's that guys weekend that is that like not a release but it's that time to just like go have fun and like do that cool shit and who cares about sleeping for the weekend it was just an amazing experience overall um the cool stuff we did and seeing more than anything the big just seeing those guys was the big thing for me is seeing those guys who came in like i said early on who just were there because you you told them to be <laughs> right and then all of a sudden you see them pushing through their stuff. And we did a lot of uh, self-awareness stuff with Dave Haas, um, who's been on here. And a oh, lot of people, Oof. like crazy stuff. You saw so many leaps and bounds, like emotionally with people. Um, going through some stuff and digging a little deep by the fire is, think about how you want, but like people really uh, kind of pushed through some some personal stuff in their own mind and, and shared with the group. And, and it was crazy seeing almost again, that weight being lifted off some people and that chest coming up higher and shoulders going down. And it was just like, overall as a group, it was such a fun experience. And, and so with this, like your initial goal, I know this started last week. So what's next? What do you think is going to come of this? What do you want to come of this camp? Like, well, you know, the, this, I think like the campfire thing, right? We sit around the campfire, Dave Haas is as good as it gets with, with, you know, having you reach deep inside your soul and, and kind of expose yourself. Men have been sitting around the campfire debriefing situations since the dawn of time, right? And I think that setting made it right. And then there's something to be said about spiritual connectivity, right? Between, you know, mm -hmm. you're listening to somebody else talk and you're able to relate. And then you're actually, instead of like a normal circumstance where you might judge, 
you're able to like actually show compassion and empathy really, which is like, you know, feeling what somebody else is feeling. And that really works well. Um, I just, where I want this to go, man, is I, I, my goal with the garage gym with Tangle One Solutions is to positively influence as many people as possible. And, you know, we're already setting another camp up for the spring. I was on, I've actually been on the phone. Funny you say that. I was on the phone with Chris Lusso today. I was on the phone with Mark Wolicon today. I was on the phone with Dave Haas yesterday. And we are, and you know, I talked to Bart every day and we're already trying to make the next one better in terms of experience, better in terms of a lot of things. We had a lot of things going in our favor, this one, the weather. Weather's I mean, we, you guys were all in your own little small tents and you know, we can handle that. However, we don't want to, we don't want to destroy the learning process either. Cause there was a lot of lessons. There was a lot of Definitely. teaching. Uh, we talk about the protector aspect. We chose to teach you guys like some characteristics of an armed person and things like that. And I think those are violent crime is not something that is just completely random. If you're aware of your surroundings and your job is to protect your family, I'm not saying, you know, to jump in and pull a knife or anything. I'm saying to avoidance is a lot of times is the best mm -hmm. and confidence is a great way to avoid yes. things. And, and I think that was the purpose. So I think everybody took away something different from this camp. Everybody came out with a different emotional, uh, you know, feeling and perspective on life. And I, and you know, I had a guy to me this morning, Chris Ferrer trains here. He says, you know, I just feel like there's been so much weight lifted off my shoulders. And he says already he's communicating better at home and he feels like he's communicating better with his family just on some simple, simple tactics mm. using the word and instead of, but yeah, really, I mean, there's just such simple things that go along with crisis negotiation that apply to life or that go around with, uh, walking into a, a, a room full of gangbangers as it is walking down the street of Amherstburg even tonight. Mm. There's some things that you can take away from both situations and I hope we pass that on. I know we pass it on. I can't wait to do it with another group no. very, very soon. And uh, yeah, the women, I, I had the girls in Kingsville today corner me. Uh, we were working on it. We're working on it. We want to make sure that we do provide it. It's going to be just as good for you guys and in, a, in your own different way because I think like Danny has a lot of skills to provide that uh, we could maybe grow this little Tango One Solutions Blast Camp uh, a different way. Definitely. Well, overall, the whole weekend, I think, was a, a success. You know, we had a few minor scrapes and bruises here and there, nothing too serious. Um, and again, just the lessons taken away from it, guys becoming leaders in their own in their own field, I think, was the big thing. Being self-aware and being aware of your surroundings was a big lesson, like what you talked about there, is, is not necessarily attacking somebody if someone's coming out, but being aware of it and and being aware of your surroundings, taking a look around, like even something as following a map, right? Being, looking at landmarks and seeing things that are different, like that book talks about left a bang is like, when something in your gut feels different or looks different, there's a reason to it, right? It's all these things is just like monitoring your situation and acting upon it. And the lessons we learned this weekend through you, through Bart, through Chris Lusso, through Dave, everything was just incredible. And I think it changed a lot of guys' lives. So on behalf probably of everyone who took the camp, thank you. It was a, it was a ton of fun and an amazing experience. And I'm definitely excited for the next one and hope I'm involved with it for sure. And uh, see, you're working your way it. up. You're working your way up for sure. And that's yeah, and I appreciate that very much. And that I mean, the whole idea behind this thing is I, I really think people probably think we're just going out in the bush shooting guns and lifting things and which we do and crushing beers maybe lighting farts on fire but uh you know there was no no alcohol had and i think the one thing that you probably don't think that a bunch of swat guys were out there trying to get out uh information on was like active listening was the ability to actually just turn the tv off and turn around to your wife or to your child or your significant other 
and actually listen to them talk and give productive feedback. And I think if you, if everybody here can communicate better, make better decisions, I mean, the world will be a better place, right? Like it, it, it seems like so long far-fetched, but that's the ripple effect that we could all have. Definitely. And uh, it's a wrap, man. Do more. It's a wrap. <laughs>